sales reps, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, have a stereotype that goes along with them that precedes them before they walk through the door. Whether that's fair or not, it's the way the market is. And that is, you know, there, there's more of a selfish pursuit. Hey everyone, George Soto here, and you're watching Demo Diaries. Today I'm joined by Jason Cook, who's a sales engineering director covering the central region for Rubric. Jason, how are you? I'm doing great, George. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I very much appreciate your time. And again, you know, congratulations on Rubric. It's been a, a total rocket ship. So I'm so happy for yourself and Bipo and the rest of the team. Yeah, us too. It's it's great. Been a great journey and I love the people I work with and what we're accomplishing and looking forward to the future. So I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Well, why don't you take a quick second to tell us a little bit about your, you know, career background and how you got into uh, sales engineering? Yeah, of course. So, um, way back in the day, I was a uh, end user working IT operations, you know, um, mostly generalist roles. I'm from Chicago originally. I live in Tennessee now. But, um, you know, when I started out, I was taking care of uh, networks, which included uh, A to Z for a variety of, of different companies in Chicago. So, you know, internetworking, um, Windows administration, um, uh, uh, mainframe administration, all kinds of stuff. And uh, when I moved to Tennessee in 2003, that's when I really started to get into um, sales. I'll call it sales light, if you will. So I started with, in consulting where I was, I was doing predominantly Microsoft integration work after directory migrations, exchange migrations, things like that, uh, systems management server. And what I noticed was, is that there was this art as well as science of how to take what you did and turn it into plain English so that you can distill its value to an end user or to a potential customer um, and get them, um, and get them uh, excited about what you can offer. Um, and so that was kind of the first turn that I took outside of delivery of solutions and into the selling of them. Because a lot of times I would have subject matter expertise that was germane to what it is we were working on. And, um, you know, I kind of got the idea like, oh, knowing what it is you're talking about and knowing what it is, you know, intimately that you're selling actually has a benefit to to um, the outcome. So from there, I started to uh, branch out into different things. You know, the data center virtualization got to be popular. So I um, got into storage and that was with EMC Corporation. So I've got EMC certifications and all that kind of stuff, starting to get out of the Microsoft space and into that. And the connection was, I did all these exchange projects for customers running their exchange environments on EMC storage. And I thought, hmm, there must be something there. And then VMware started to rise and again, EMC storage. So I had the opportunity to join them uh, back in 2008. And I would say, George, that really set off um, my manufacturing sales journey. And so I worked there until about 2013, 14. Um, and then I went out of EMC to uh, build a couple of different uh, partners in the, the Tennessee market. Um, and then it evolved to the Southeast mar market. And while I was doing that, we resold Rubric. 
uh, the very early 1.0 days. Um, and I had had an opportunity when I was at EMC to go to pure storage. I didn't take it. I regretted that um, because I, I thought, you know, I saw what they accomplished. And I thought, man, I, I could have been in on that. Um, so I, I, I wasn't going to miss this one. So uh, I joined Rubric in uh, 17 and um, I haven't looked back since. So that's, that's kind of how that evolved for me. Leadership started for me. Sales engineering leadership started for me at EMC as well. I would say that's essentially the key academy um, that I attended and graduated from that, that gave me uh, the basis of my SE career. Awesome. From your perspective, having worked at, you know, large companies like EMC, uh-huh. and then now startups, and then of course, now a fast growing growth stage startup, what would you say is your definition of sales engineering? And then also, you know, it's a question I've been asking folks, it seems to be generating a ton of traction, like the whole pre-sales space is just getting yeah. tons of VC capital into it. You know, obviously we're biased. That's yes. you know, what we help do here at right. Reprise. But what, what's your t- kind of take on all this? My take is this, um, the, what we do will we'll always need um, a persona in the, in the context of a campaign for example, or the context of a negotiation or a, or a deal, if you will, who is very knowledgeable about the product or solution, right? Can get into the minutiae and the details, has a, the capability to distill the, the business uh, value and or outcomes that that technology brings and has the right background so they, that they know the questions to ask um, and the... Uh, the relationship cues to, to focus on um, to transfer trust. Because I think ultimately that's the biggest thing that a sales engineer does is transfers trust. You know, sales reps, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent have a stereotype that goes along with them that precedes them before they walk through the door. Whether that's fair or not, it's the way the market is. And that is, you know, there, there's more of a selfish pursuit. And so what we found and what we do is, is that that sort of yin and yang, that dichotomy of roles is akin to um, what end users expect there to be, you know, somebody who can help me with quotation and financial analysis and what have you, but then also somebody who can really help me understand how this is going to make my company life or what have you better. And I think what we've learned is, is that um, it's those personas that are really the engine um, of sales organizations. So that's why I think it's so critically important today. Awesome. Now, there's this whole sort of discussion that I've been hearing uh, lately around demo engineers. What's your experience with demo engineers? And, and it's, you know, it's been popping up at companies like you know, Slack has a big uh, demo engineering organization, Salesforce, Medallia. I mean, I just see them popping up and we monitor these roles on LinkedIn and we're just seeing them growing. Right. Here's my take on that. So in the data center space, right, which is where, you know, rubric is kind of entrenched somewhere in the middle. I would call us, we're in the hybrid space for all intents and purposes, because Mm -hmm. we speak to enterprise applications and services that live in the traditional model. And then we also speak to um, enterprise applications and new age services that live in, say, the public cloud. So we're, 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 we're right in the middle there, providing a bridge in some cases to people wanting to get to public cloud, for example. 
Um, so because of that, the way our market and our selling motion has worked, it has always been account rep, sales engineer. And then from a demonstration, product, deep dive, what have you, the sales engineer is 51% of that responsibility. What I've noticed in SaaS companies or software focused companies, George, is that they have a much more hybrid mentality as it relates to their sales staff, meaning the sales rep is both as knowledgeable about the product as well as the sales motion as our AEs and SEs combined. But when it really needs to get into a very specific operational or contextual or architectural walkthrough, they schedule a, a demonstration with one of their engineers. I really think it just comes down to that's the differences in the selling motion. What we have is a very high touch um, and uh, also a, a motion which is used to having a technical persona do the demonstrations. Um, and I think in that space, uh, it's just a little bit different in the sense that the rep uh, salesperson will take it as far as they can go with product knowledge and what have you. But when there's a product demonstration, they call into a pool of folks who are running demonstrations all day and then they deliver that. Got it. Got it. Makes total sense. Is there a particular like framework or, you know, I don't know, model that you'd like to use to track performance of your reps or of your particular your SEs? Yeah. So we have, um, you know, we use a, um, a multi column, uh, more or less system of, uh, of KPIs, right. Which boils down to some topical areas, right. The first one being technical mastery. So underneath that it's a, do we know everything there is to know and would call ourselves a 401 level on our core offering, what we call rubric cloud data management, our CDM, like saying Microsoft Windows. And then from there, it goes into the adjacencies that rubric touches, whether that be public cloud, database applications, et cetera, you know, whether it be protection workflows, recovery workflows, what have you. Then there's also things like information security or security at the point of data, because as you know, George, ransomware is a very pervasive and top of mind thing. Um, and so from that perspective, it's we need to know enough about that market, how our product uh, differentiates against that landscape. And then also why having a sound uh, security at the point of data strategy is akin to today's cyber resiliency strategy. So it's kind of stepping into some adjacencies which traditional data center or backup and recovery folks don't have. So that's mm -hmm. one column. Another one is sales process, right? So that is what we call flawless execution. So the ability to um, identify pain, uh, hone in on that pain and really speak to the differentiation of rubric and how it would address that drive outcomes to uh, 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 facilitate proof of concept, uh, um, um, uh, trials or, or, or uh, POC cycles where we're taking specific metrics or success criteria and driving to those outcomes, which are again, wrapped to the business drivers that we're looking to achieve. Um, and then uh, achieving what we call technical win, which is where we say, you know, hey, or the end user says, rubric is the choice for me. So, so there's that. Um, and then there's, um, you know, some new, a, a few uh, minor nuances of that, like things like clock speed, your ability to uh, turn around requests quickly and respond to end user requests quickly, et cetera, et cetera. 
And then of course you have all of your training that you need to do both, not only that we assigned you, but that we ask that you, so we kind of have a lifelong learning culture among sales mm -hmm. engineers here. Um, so people pursuing certifications that are adjacencies, what have you. So we use that you know, framework to really hold our SEs accountable, if you will, to what we expect uh, in our organization. Awesome. Is there a particular like tech stack that uh, your SEs kind of have or you set up? Yeah. Uh, I know there's tools like Vivoon now. And of course, you know, yeah, we help with the to, demo yeah. piece, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've talked to those folks. Pretty cool because there's yeah. really not anybody making ops tools for pre-sales engineers, right? They're kind of the first, at least that I'm familiar with to do that, which is pretty cool. Um, so, but uh, for us, um, it's uh, a, a multitude of things. I mean, we, we, what we try to do is not color outside of the lines too much as it relates to our sales organization as a whole, right? So what we tend to think of it is, is we're salespeople too. We just have a different set of roles and responsibilities. So if I look at it this way, a sales rep is 51% responsible for pipeline generation, right? But the SE has 49% and there's ways that the SE can drive pipeline, for example. And the tools and the techniques that they use are similar. The same thing when it comes to operational cadences, like managing your forecast, right? And putting in your notes each week and you know all the kind of minutiae that goes along with that. Tool sets are consistent. Um, so as far as the stack is concerned, well, it pretty much springs from the same place because generally we're sourcing candidates from relatively the same spots, the, the Dell EMCs, the, the, the infrastructure providers, the backup and recovery places, because our engineers have a real unique challenge. That is, they need to be able to speak to the traditional landscape because that's a place where we, we sell into and differentiate from. But then they also have to be forward thinking and leaned in on things like automation, API, public cloud, et cetera. So what we're looking for stack-wise is somebody who's got um, a broad base of you know, data center technology, backup and recovery, virtualization, the, the usual suspects. And then we're also looking for, all right, well, how have you expanded that portfolio, say 2015 and beyond? Because anywhere you've worked largely has had some cloud, if you will, or automation strategy. It's just kind of germane to the day. And so that's essentially what we're looking for. So, and as far as I can see, we're pivoting harder and harder there, particularly around, like I said, things like information security, um, as well as public cloud. Awesome. When do you, do you know, you know, as a, as an organization, as a CEO or, or maybe CRO, uh, when do you know that it's time to, to set up a sales engineering team or, or perhaps if you have one, start to scale it? Are there any sort of like variables that you, we should track and you're like, okay, when I identify that X, you know, this means it's time? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the KPIs that we look for in our sales territories are pretty consistent. And what we're looking for is... Um, total addressable market, you know, how big we've analyzed that TAM to be. And then what we imagine is a productivity per sales team quotient, right? We manage to those things. And then based on the TAM, you do a simple division and then you get to that's how many sales teams it will take. 
And then as the TAM grows, because we develop products and services that now speak to adjacencies in terms of markets, for example, um, you know, our sonar product, that's, that's a data governance and classification market. Our radar product, that's a security analytics market. Then your TAM goes up. And then you need either more core sales teams or you need an overlay organization. And that, George, is what we've expanded to recently. So for example, we developed a SaaS application framework we call Polaris. Um, and the idea is to layer on capabilities and services on top of the core platform, as well as standalone services, which gives us kind of white space or portfolio selling opportunity. And what that means is, um, we can have sales teams that are overlays, if you were a specialist, if you will, that operate more or less independently of the core teams, but are helping overall drive to capturing as much TAM as we possibly can. So I think that's another indicator, George, is the TAM grows as we have more parts of the portfolio, you know, more things that we can address. Because in the very beginning, I mean, let's face it, Rubric took a snapshot of a VM and archived it to S3. That's what we did. And, and since that time, the met, the, it, I mean, is involved at warp speed, which is why I think we're gaining so much tailwind in the market is because we've rushed, rushed to parity early and then surpassed all the legacy players in, in the data protection space and now have this opportunity to build this portfolio that's based on that and then also attack things that have nothing to do with the core platform. So what I see is the TAM is going to keep going up and up and up and up. And as a result, we'll say, all right, now it's time to add. Now it's time to add. All right. That, yeah, I'm going to just cut that piece out. And I was going to say, um, and I'll buy some shares when you're public. <laughs> Jason, thank you so much for, for taking the time. Very, very My much pleasure. appreciate it. If folks want to connect with you or maybe look at uh, potential job opportunities within sales engineering yeah. at uh, Rubric, what are some good channels or social handles to reach you? Sure. My Twitter is uh, at CookJason. Uh, and then my LinkedIn profile, Jason Cook, you'll find me obviously rubric sales engineering director and be no problem. Message me if you like, uh, connect with me. Um, when you do connect, if you can give me a note which says, hey, this is what I'm specifically interested in. I mean, I, I'm more than happy because I tell all the engineers that uh, work on my team that, you know, it's a pay it forward thing. You know, somebody along the way gave us a leg up or an opportunity and said, hey, um, I see something in you. Um, so it's absolutely my responsibility to give it back because I know that happened to me. So I'm all about it. Awesome. Jason, have a great, great day. I'm actually not too far from you. I'm uh, down in Florida. I love now, it. So, yeah, I, I used it. to go to well, Tennessee all the time. I oh, lived in Atlanta right? years ago. Yeah, about okay. 17 years ago. Time flies. I worked for a medical software uh, startup wow. that w at the time was on-prem well then they were like releasing the web base but all the uh, doctors were freaking out about having their data uh, off-site right in some like you know cloud thing right no one understood <laughs> at the time right. but uh, it's funny right. almost 20 years you know what? in terms of that not a whole lot has changed i mean there's certainly no more people who are cloud forward these days but one of the things I'm most proud of, honestly, George, is that I've brought more people to public cloud than I ever found them. And that just speaks to the beauty, the simplicity, the elegance, and the capability of Rubrik. And, and that's really exciting for me.
Awesome. Well, Jason, hope to uh, see you in person soon at some conference or something. Yes. Hopefully But... the universe brings us together. <laughs> For sure. Well, have a great day and thanks again. You too, George. You take good care.